Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Uppy Xanders here this evening, and uh, we're here for another episode of Cheap Heat TV. I, unfortunately, everyone can tell it's uh, normally got Scott's bright, beautiful smile, and, you know, I, I like to think it's upbeat attitude leading the show, but he's out tonight. He's not going to be here. The, the weather's apparently kicked his tail, so we're running a three-man crew tonight, and that's right, you heard it correctly, a three-man crew. Who is that three-man crew? You'll find out in a second. But first, let me bring in the the main man, the king of wrestling media podcast. I'm sorry, Gene. Gene Jackson. <laughs> God, I miss Scott. <laughs> Already, uh. I went to hell. I mean, we got Xander's live six inches from the sun I'm appearing sorry. on the screen right off the bat. And I'm, I'm bright and colorful. Uh, we should have did the old soap opera. Today, playing the part of Scott Morgan will be upbeat Xander's. I could never do it as well as Scott. I, and as you can tell, I, I even feel a little bit underneath the weather. This, this weather change of being 70-30, 70-30 has just been an absolute nightmare for me. But hey, some of us, some of us have to be here every week, don't we? We don't get that's to, right. Uh, that's right. To play hooky and be sick. We have to forge ahead. I'm just curious to see who this third person is going to be. I'm pretty excited. I was about to say. I was going to introduce him. I mean, it's Mister Consistency himself. I was going to say. Speaking of people who are here every show, is, is, every is, Gary, show. is Gary back for another week? No, is that, what, is no, that what's happening? No. What are we doing, dude? It's the pickup artist, Shane Mako. What? Shane oh Mako. Uh, yeah, I brought him in quick. I know Mako, you're normally you're used to uh kind of being later on in the show, but you know, we had yeah, we sure. had to we had to call you into work early, man. Thanks we, for being we, here. We already burned our Festivus miracle a month too soon. Now what are we gonna do? It's Thanksgiving. I, I ain't got nothing else going on. Oh, no, but okay. a whole bunch of drama. I, I mean I just knew you had I, I knew you had so much to be thankful for. I figured you were probably still Ooh. like <laughs> well, okay. Go blue. Go blue. Well, you and James Hardy are really happy. I'm Will you really stop happy. putting him in there? Man, you make me cuss. Well, early no, one is more, no one is more synonymous with Michigan besides the Steiner the brothers Wolverine. than James Hardy. And the bearded the, Wolverine. The bearded Wolverine. If you will, sadistic, or even if you want. and they want to know yeah, the, all, the, all the time. Sadistic, autistic himself. <laughs> Savai. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, he's mentally sorry. irregular. Oh man, that's that's rough. That's a rough way to start, Mako. Did you have so so? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I normally don't get to ask these questions on the front end, but we're we're clearly stalling I'm for time. A, yeah, he's I'll already get, he's I'm, already I'm, getting into his Bob Evans questions for the, with you I'll, now. I'll, I'll, I'll help you stall. My Thanksgiving was like three months ago. Yeah, I had to have it early because my mom had that fat people surgery, so oh. she had she could she couldn't eat it, so she cooked it like two months ago. So I had it like way before. So yesterday was just like whatever to me how's that going for her? i might need to do that i don't know i just went over there man she went through like eighteen thousand cans of soup i was like man what happened to all the damn soup it's gone so <laughs> is, she, she, is she losing weight is she feeling good is she, about she feels good she just i don't know about the weight balls i don't i you know you can't i don't really know what you do there like i don't i don't really look and go no oh, you, you know you look, well, i just you figured it'd come up in conversation <laughs> like hey i've ate i've ate a thousand cans of soup and i've lost no, it's, know, more, it's, it's more of a nuisance because she's just like now she's like she's in tennessee right now she just takes all you know she's just moving around and shit i don't like it I was like, hey just go sit down and be what you used to be so you're like i'm gonna have to do this freaking podcast tonight now because mom's in tennessee mom's and she's not account. she's not making dinner anyway so i had the dogs over here that's, I take them I a lot of things are coming together and making sense now now i know yeah. why you got a new place and now i'm starting to wonder are you and scott in cahoots on this <laughs> 
did you tell him like, hey man, it's cool to take off tonight and have a throat issue? But uh, look, we we found out a long time ago that when there's like four or five people on here, it gets overwhelming, and so we get anxiety. Me and Scott, we don't talk about it a lot, but we get anxiety. And yeah. together, we just we came together to morph to make the anxiety go away. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, Scott's a big talker. Scott had a throat issue. Um. <laughs> yeah. Shout, <laughs> shout out to Scott. If anybody, uh, howdy, Lester. If anybody wants Lester to add Jones, Scott, on, if anybody wants to add Scott on Snapchat or send him a private message, he would greatly appreciate that. Don't expect a good text and response, though. Just be careful sure. opening live. Mark, Mark Bryson putting over Shane Mako said. <laughs> What do you say? Made Max Mayhem look good. What a match. What a match. Well, yeah, if anybody can get to check that out today, go check out EPW on YouTube. We uh, Check out the latest episode. There was a, uh, a killer promo at the beginning from the Violent Gentleman. There was a a match featuring Shane Mako, and God forbid, I was on commentary. For I was about to say, Gene, Gene was putting in the Lord's work today. He was putting over cheap heat. He was telling us like and subscribe. He was telling us about going to hit Mako's stuff up on Twitter. Like, he was putting in the Lord's work yesterday, yeah, yeah. that day. It's, it's Sunday, so, yeah. Get it done. Well, <laughs> hey, speaking, speaking of Sunday, I just I just got a notification from Smokey. And, uh, he's Are we here. ready? Is, is he's it here. He's All here. Right. I well, mean, let's, let's not waste any time. Let's get that hot right. tag. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Brutal Bob Evans. What's up, hey guys? Now. How you doing? How's what everything? Up? Going oh, well, man. man. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. That's Hope everyone's right. doing well. It, it's just, uh, it, it kind of worked out perfectly that you came in the weekend of uh, Thanksgiving. You know, I know, I know this is kind of, I know your thankfulness and your happiness to be within the business is, uh, Kind of what drives you and makes you such a good influencer. Sorry, Mako. Um, today, so I mean, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. Yeah, it was pretty low key, and uh, my parents came over, and my uncle is uh, in from California. Uh, my eighty-two year old uncle, who is has more energy than I do, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's now it's been great. It's been great catching up with him. It's been great. You know, I, I had to work quite a bit. You know, but these are the things that you do to keep everything going and keep the fires lit at home, but that's okay. And, uh, yeah, everything was great. And, and I trust you guys had uh, a good holiday. I trust everybody was as well, healthy. You know, yeah, all except leaving. one and he's, he's not on your screen for that. Yeah, very he's reason. not here Scott tonight. Morgan's he's under the weather, but. Yeah. Scott Morgan's not here, but he wasn't oh, here. Geez. He wasn't here on the last interview with you, Bob. We were talking about me and Gene earlier. We're talking about this because Mako was having internet issues and Scott's been sick. So we thought it was going to be another, uh, two man crew to not interviewing you, but, uh, Mako's here in the clutch, man. All right. Barely, we, pre- barely. We, we got, we got bad, we got bad battery life going on right now, but I'm fixing oh. it. Oh, Lord. So, oh, we'll so be fine. So right out of the gate, I want to address something, um, you know, uh, talking about it being Thanksgiving, being thankful. Uh, Xander's making a joke about me doing, quote unquote, the Lord's work on EPW. But um, wrestling, uh, especially independent wrestling, um, is is widely known for uh, immense negativity uh, amongst mm-hmm. not only the wrestlers, but fans and and. Uh, just the whole business in general. And so the thing that has really made you stand out is, is you've really put a focus on um, looking at the positive side of things, not looking at everything as a negative and taking the things that you can control Sorry, and making them better. 
Um, is that something you feel like you've had a lot of pushback on or, or like, how's that going for you is what I guess what I'm trying to ask. Well, I've, uh, I've kind of lived a tale of two cities. I've been doing this for almost 31 years. And I'd say the first half of my career, I was probably even a little bit past the first half of my career. I was really, um, I was kind of negative and kind of down and everything and making fun of the guys that went out and wrestled all over the country for not a lot of money. And I was kind of the guy that was the stereotypical 40 miler, 100 miler independent guy. And unfortunately, I, and, and deep in my heart, I really knew that I didn't want to be that person. I knew I wanted to be a better person and, and do better things in wrestling, but I didn't know how. And then once I figured out, I started getting out there a little bit more and I saw most of the people that I was dealing with that were making six figures in wrestling up to $10 million were all pretty cool people who probably had some issues, but they didn't put them out there publicly. And I was making 25 cents and I was acting like the whole world was against me. And it just didn't really seem to make much sense because I didn't have the pressure or the uh, responsibility that they did. And they seemed to handle it. Most people, I mean, there's always exceptions. But most people handled it with uh, class and grace and, and, and did well with it. And like I said, I didn't always handle situations like that. And then just kind of when I started traveling, really, and when I started getting out there and becoming uh, kind of who I am today, I realized that this is who I always wanted to be. So once I kind of fell into that and said, oh, hey, I, I looked around and I saw a bunch of people, you know, making a, a couple hundred bucks a show, sometimes more. And not being jerks. And I was like, oh, okay, so you don't have to be a jerk. And I saw people traveling. And it was explained to me once, yeah, man, you travel now. So later on, you get paid. We don't, we're not going to just travel for the rest of our lives for nothing. And even if we do, even if we do, it's, it's really none of your business. And it really doesn't affect you. So why are you mad at us? Or why are you kind of picking? Because I was never like a yelling and screaming guy. I was always like the crappy jokes and <laughs> passive aggressiveness and all that stuff. So type guy. I was about to say, I'm like nine and a half years. So I still got a, a half year of me being a crappy, pessimistic guy. No, I'm kidding. So <laughs> I'm hearing, you I'm hearing there's hope. Yes. That's what I was saying. That is what we're the message tonight, folks, is there's still hope for Xanders. So, <laughs> very so, exciting. Yes. Exciting news. Breaking news today. <laughs> but it, 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 So that's what happened. It, it kind of all came together once I started seeing examples, which is, I guess, one of the reasons why, I work so hard to provide a lot of examples for people, not just me, but other people, other examples is because once I saw examples of it, of it working and you not have to be a jerk and you can actually make a couple of bucks in wrestling, it really wasn't hard to um, perpetuate that and keep it going because that's who I always wanted to be. So once I figured out, Hey, you can be a cool guy and, you know, kind of help people out and, you know, pull them aside and say something to them if you have to. But most of the time, you can be cool, and you don't have to be, oh, everything sucks, and nobody draws a dime, and we're all, we're all broke. Right there. Everything I mean, sucks. I saw – It all sucks. Yeah, but I see I went through the, I went through the early 2000s where I, had, I saw a bunch of people die from drugs, so I didn't want to see that. I saw a bunch of people come back from WWE 20 years ago crazy. I didn't want to see that anymore, and I saw a lot of people get destroyed by wrestling. But it was also because they were trying to live the life. And I said, well, what if I can provide an example of another life? And there were plenty of people living those lives. You just have to point it out and bring it to the forefront. So, And my whole thing was, too, I don't want to go to seminars where people are screaming at me and telling me how much I suck and burn your boots and quit the business. and all. Okay, great. Now what? Now that you yeah. may had your little – now you play jokes on me and now you had something to say, 
how about if we get to work and we we start fixing it? And then some people would and some people wouldn't. But I actually pulled one of the, and I won't say who it is, but I pulled one of the trainers aside and I said, you know, this is, you know, this is like uh, the worst money I've ever spent because you're not teaching me. And I said, I'm in, I've been in a long time. So you're not going to just be able to do a couple of surface things, tell a couple of stories about back in the day and then think everyone who's under 28 is horrible. Like that's not, that doesn't do anybody any good and it won't keep you relevant. And then now that person barely gets any work anymore because they're not relevant anymore. And that was the thing. I wanted to stay relevant. I'm 50 years old and I'm still as relevant as I was probably more relevant than I was 20 years ago. And I want to keep being that person, but to be that person, you have to evolve and you have to kind of, follow the you don't have to agree with everything and you don't have to blindly follow stuff but i mean i've become a social influencer this year funny as that sounds and i get paid with you know i get paid online and stuff like that that's a new that's a new source of income and it's a new way to for my message to get out to people and it's a new adventure for me and a new thing to learn and to tackle and or we can sit home and we can talk about the good old days that were never that good it's way better now sorry the the early to mid nineties were horrible. There were barely any shows. Everybody was mean to each other and everybody beat each other up for real. Um, and they were supposed to be doing the fake. So I never understood that, but the guys, the guys and girls are way more talented now. They have way more work and they treat each other a lot better. Um, do I want some of the stuff from the past to go back? Like the selling and the tradition, you know, the slowing down of the matches so people don't get hurt as much. Yeah. But the guys back then preached it. It was mostly guys. So I can say that the guys back then preached it, but they never really, the guys back then, a lot of them were really bad. I mean, they just weren't very talented, but they act like they drew a million trillion people all the time and there was nothing but sellouts. And yeah, we'd have we'd have we'd have a show, a fundraising show where Kerry Von Erich would be on it or, you know, a, an old WWF star, a junkyard dog or something. There'd be 500 people there. But the regular shows, I promoted shows back then. We were drawing 75 people, 50 people, 100 people, maybe. So it's better now. I mean, you guys were just, when I was jumping on, you guys were talking about an EPW show that sounded exciting and a lot going on in it and a lot to talk about. And there weren't shows like that back then. They just weren't. Yeah. We, and and um, we look forward to uh, having you hopefully down here sooner rather than later. Well, my promotion that I promoted was called EPW. So we could do an EPW versus EPW. Uh, How about that? Well, uh, I know the, the last time when you were on with us the first time, Bob, uh, I know Neil Taylor, who is the promoter yep. of EPW in Mississippi, reached out to you and uh, got back with me. and was like, man, I'm glad you guys had had Bob on. I, I had, you know, I've caught to him a couple different times now and, and you know, learned a lot. And uh, that's kind of what we want the show to be is kind of bridging. I mean, most people in the Indies right now think, oh, well, everybody knows Bob Evans, but there's little pockets of, of different places where they, everybody don't know everybody. So that's kind of what we use this show a lot of times is to kind of bridge some of those gaps and introduce, you know, friends of ours to other friends of ours and things like that. And uh, I think there's a lot of people, uh, in the areas that we're in that can benefit, um, from, from your, from your message, you know, that, uh, there's actually a lot to work with there. If you just take a, you know, more positive attitude and work with what you got. And, and then if you don't like where you're at, get in the car and go somewhere else, you know, I mean, that's the thing. There's so many guys that sit there at that show, like you say, that's 20 miles from their house and they spend 15 years griping about it when they mm -hmm. could have just gotten a car and went somewhere else and went somewhere better or at least made the place they were at better. Or at I least at, try. Oh, at least give, ahead, a, give, a, give, a, like, give it a shot. I mean, it might not be for you. Traveling might not be the easiest thing for everybody. I know that's a difficult with anxieties and 
you know, other, you know, jobs, but schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just give it a shot. I mean, we've, we've all been there. We've all traveled four five, six, seven hours to shows one way and then come back on zero, no sleep, slept at a truck stops and stuff like that. We've all done that. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm better for it. I, I think I'm a better human being, not just a pro wrestler or an entertainer, whatever I consider myself or whatever you consider me. I feel like I'm a better person for it. I feel like I can, you know, kind of see things from different people's perspectives now. It definitely helps. I, I promise you, it definitely like takes a lot of that, that, that anxiety off of your chest. When you actually get to an event or someplace that isn't all ran by drama and everybody who knows who's <laughs> like when I got, when I, when I got to Florida, like for the first time in Atlanta, they come to Alabama, it was, it, it was driven differently, but man, it feels so good to get somewhere where everybody's just like, they don't really know each other, but they're all just kind of like, we're all coming here to do the same thing. Common That's day. really fun. Sometimes like not knowing everybody sometimes helps. It just feels a lot better to get in there with a bunch of guys who just want to wrestle and have a good time. That's awesome. And it doesn't always have to be who's going to go, you know, who's getting what, what's going, how much time, right. all that stuff that's cool. But sometimes you just need to get out there and just be like, it, does it matter what I do? No, man, go out there and have a blast. That's why I really like the show we did in Montgomery. Everybody just got to do their own thing. That was fun to me. I forgot what that felt like. <laughs> well, and it's it's about changing culture, too. I mean, I it was a show run by a great friend of mine, uh, Showcase Pro Wrestling. 20 minutes, actually, it's in the town of where I work, Taunton, Mass., right about half an hour from me. So I'm going to the show and then I'm going into work. Well, I go into the show, you know, I go to the show and, and, you know, it's probably 75 people out there and, and the guys are joking around. Oh, what's the over under? Oh, 50 people over under. Ha 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 ha. And I said, well, okay, but this show has been going on for 11 years. And I said, you guys, I'm about to hurt everybody's feelings here, but I said 98% of this town with almost, with almost a hundred thousand people in it doesn't know you. So in other words, you have 98,000 people to introduce yourself to when you guys are playing grab ass in here. And I, so I sat down and I asked the question and I had one of the owners and then one of the guys who's wrestled in and out uh, for years. He said, you're the first person that's asked this question. And I said, what are we going to do to sell tickets? Because I'm so sick of just saying, well, we're all broke and we have no money. And well, okay, so what are we going to do to make it right? You get 150 people in here. It changes, it changes the entire environment. Everybody gets paid. 40 bucks, 50 bucks instead. And the, a lot of these guys are just coming from home. So that's a profit. They could, they can only probably spend 10 bucks in gas. So if they, if it's 40 bucks and even if they don't have any merch, they still go home with 30. I mean, that's not everything, but it's something you can take the wife and the kids out and, you know, maybe, you know, go to the park or go to the zoo or the movies and that it's helps not pay loss. for that. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, a lot of people work nine to five. I work overnight. So my nine to five is 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. But a lot of people work the opposite. So it's extra money for them. And it's something they get to do. Or we can sit here and we can draw 50 and shrug and go, well, that's it. 50. You know, the the over your shoulder, Gene, the, the all in poster that was started with what what are we going to do to not be WWE? If we were a promotion that made money. What would we what would we look like? Now it's changed dramatically in the past four or five years, and I love when they get criticized, but not because of the reason you think. I love when they get criticized because they're big enough to get criticized. Mm -hmm. yeah. One of the things that I learned from I have a my marketing teacher makes ten million dollars a year. He's he's actually a huge wrestling fan. He was the one that this is a weird trivia thing, but I always try to put this out there. His name is Shane Sams. 
and uh, he's from Kentucky, good Kentucky boy. And he was the one that filmed. Do you remember the guy in the crowd doing an Orange Cassidy impression, dressed up like him and mimicking him? Shane was, yeah. for some reason, Shane was the guy who recorded that. So <laughs> my $10 million marketing coach was a fan that day. And I only call him that because, first of all, I got his permission. But second of all, like, these are the guys I hang with. And they tell you, like, you have to change the culture. You have to become something you're not. And if you sit there and you just go, well, this is the way it's always been. Now, sometimes stuff's impossible, okay? But sometimes it's not. We have we have guys building, you know, rockets to fly into space. We have a guy who hated, the same guy, hated Twitter and bought it. Like, and we don't know why he's going to buy it. We don't know if he's going to buy it to keep it or buy it to ruin it, but it's still interesting. Yeah. And imagine having enough money where you could buy, the, you know, oh, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't like Twitter today, so I'm going to buy it and throw it away or keep it and change it, whatever. Like, Think about all the stuff they said wasn't a, was impossible. Oh, they, you know, AEW, they won't, you know, nobody's going to work with anybody else. They've had everybody but WWE in, you know, and, and, you know, Chris Jericho was wrestling in Japan when he was in, you know, right out of WWE and all these crazy things that have happened. CM Punk came back to wrestling. Then CM Punk apparently left wrestling. But <laughs> the, the fact is that so many things have happened with people just saying, well, what if, what if, this looked like this instead of saying it can't happen maybe it can happen but let's look at the possibilities what happens if we sold out every show imagine going to, I, I'm, I'm about to be the booker for uh american x wrestling along with uh helping kevin kelly and um jared and tone and ryan vox and those guys and they have a 1500 seat building to fill it's hamburg Fieldhouse, the old um place they used to tape wwf back when san martino and backland were champions and they tape tv there all the time I got to figure out a way to fill that building. And it's not going to be because uh, old Bob's wrestling for the belt tonight because they don't know who the hell I am either. We're going to have to build, we're going to have to build it from the ground up, build a great experience, build something for the boys, build something for the fans and build something that people want to go to all the time. And I don't want to hear it can't be done because I want to do it with no names. I don't want to rely on names. And there's plenty of shows that have lots of names come in, even just one name come in. And they do very well and they do it the right way. And I'm not knocking that, but that's just not what I want to do. I'm almost super stubborn as in I want to just kill it and draw a ton of people and go, look, we did it without names. That is just how I want to be because then once you stop relying on names, now you don't hotshot your town because what happens is you end up hotshotting your town to death. If you, and if you don't know what that means, that means you just do everything you can to draw that night and who cares, burn it to the ground and who cares what happens next month. Problem with it is, you have if you have a show next month, you're shrewd. That's why Neil can't bring in an NWO reunion every week, or right? Does Neil still run every week? Yeah, yeah. sure does. So Neil week. definitely can't do that. And you know, Neil's done a lot of good. You know, he's started working in TV production. He knows a lot more people now, but he still can't burn that to the ground. He and I have had long talks about this. We talked about different strategies. Neil always always had a good strategy. He just had to kind of. I said, think bigger. I said, do you have empty seats? How can you fill them? Even if it's, can you give at the last minute, can you give a, a place, a special needs school or a, a, a house, you know, a, a home, you know, I delivered a lot of these uh, homes for special needs people and people recovering and things like that. Can we, can we get 20 tickets out to them? So they fill those seats because it's just a good, it's a, it's a good thing for morale. And if all the seats are filled, it just starts becoming a different thing. Oh, we sell out all the time or we filled we have full attendance all the time. It's it's just well, a different uh, it's just a different psychology. Go ahead. 
Yeah, well, it's it's one of those things to where if you introduce it one time to somebody who might not have the opportunity to be introduced to something, then it might be something to where you grow and they, they'll come back. If it's entertaining, if the guys that you have are personable and do their jobs correctly, then you're going to bring them back. They're going to they're gonna come back almost every time. It's almost guaranteed. But what if they don't come back every time? And here's the thing. It's okay if they don't come back all the time. We should be planning for them not to come back all the time. In other words, we should be marketing to new fans all the time and not trying to keep all the customers we have. I bet you you and I, look, you all four of us have been to shows where we see the same people. And I don't mean a few of the same people. I mean all the same people. And it starts at 200, it goes to 175, it goes to 125, it goes to 80 because those people have other things to do. We're only... One thing on the schedule. So we have to, that's why, again, in the in the city near me, I said to the guys, I said, you have to start marketing to just about everyone who is halfway interested in going to wrestling at least once a month. They run monthly. And once you do that, you might actually get a sellout. And guess what? You don't want the same people there all the time. You want some of the same people there all the time. You want your regulars. Obviously, you want to have regulars. But if we rely on people just being big, giant wrestling fans of ABC Wrestling, then we're kind of missing the point. It would be like if you're a huge fan of a minor league baseball team and you have season tickets. Well, to me, I think season tickets at a minor league game are almost like that's just something you can use to give away to other people because you're not going to go to 40, 90 games a year, whatever it is. And I don't want to, I love minor league baseball, but I don't want to go to that many games. I don't have that. I mean, even if I did, do, do you have that? It's not like I'm a ball player. Like that's a crazy, they keep a crazy schedule. They basically have like, five days off the whole season so that'd be a hell of a you know i mean they go on the road it's different but while you're home you can't we can't be going to a game all the time so we can't expect people to be going to the game all the time but you want to sell the season tickets because it's a lot of it's a lot of money in one place so sell the season tickets but be don't be upset when they give them to their friends or how come they don't want to see us they do want to see you they just might not want to see you all the time which is why we have to build our audience so we have an audience of a thousand twelve hundred people so then only 150 200 people have to show up at once and then the rest of them can stay home and and miss it for another week another month another quarter and then come back later that's a concept that's really tough to it, because it, it sounds like people don't want to see us i'm just saying fine people don't want to see us all the time look i don't want to see you guys all the time you guys don't want to see me all the time you guys don't want to podcast every day yep right why yeah. because then it's not special anymore and it will if now it'll be a out. job yeah it'll be a, it'll be a lot so yeah. but if you job. do it yeah and that's great if you're making money at it but right now it's a hobby unless you know unless something's look i made two cents today on my podcast so hey. i hate to brag i hate to brag so you know nice. i mean you know if you're gonna come and rub her nose in it bob i mean, <laughs> yeah. Great, oh, I mean. Man, what the hell? But, uh, <laughs> well you guys made three cents yesterday i'm just trying to catch up to you. okay okay <laughs> but and that's, the, i think people need to realize too that you have to take try different ways of advertising and, and different ways of getting the word out. i think everybody assumes once they've been in a town long enough well everybody knows they're here they're, mm. they're here they're going to come or they're not but like i mean i manage a store that's been in a town for seven years and i just yep. took it over a few months ago and there's not a day goes by that somebody walks in and goes i had no and it's a small town like i had no <laughs> idea the store was here like mm -hmm. I, and i've been telling my bosses the whole time they're like guys we gotta do a better job of advertising like Every day, somebody's coming in saying they don't know we're here, which is crazy in a town this size. And I think wrestling promotions are are much the same way. They just assume after a while, like, ah, eh, they know we're here. They'll come or they won't. Or we just got to let them know that name's here this week. You know, when they do show up. Gene, um, what uh, what what do you what what business do you run that you just uh, 
I run a, I manage an outdoor store. Like we sell like lawnmowers, lawn equipment, repair them. So I would, so I, what I would do is, and you probably already thought of this, but this is what I say for the wrestling people, but it applies to every business. Just go introduce yourself to every business in town and say, hello, shake their hand and give them a flyer or give them a card. If there's anything I can do for, don't even try to sell them anything. Right. Hey, if I can do anything for you, you know, I want to work together. We want to be a bigger part of the community. I found, and you can tell the story. Hey, I had five people come in last week that, you know, cause we started doing a little bit of advertising and five people came in, didn't know the hell we were. And you know, that's too bad. It's, it, it's my fault. And you blame yourself. It's my fault. Yeah. And I, and I'd love to come meet you now. Don't do it. You have to obviously work, run the business, but I bet promote. Now let's switch it back to wrestling promoters. I bet there's wrestling promoters that aren't as busy as you. And even if they are, I bet I could find an hour in my schedule once or twice a week, especially if I lived in town to go introduce myself to restaurants on off hours or um, brick and mortar businesses or lawyers offices or because what's going to happen every time we strike up a conversation about wrestling. Oh, I, I don't really like it. But oh, but my son or my grandson or my kids or my my neighbor, they all they, they go all the time. They always want me to go. And I never. Oh, well, here. Here's, here's four free tickets. Come as my guest. I want you to check it out. I don't want to try to sell you anything. Ha, ha, ha. And then hopefully they'll buy a hot dog or a program or a shirt or something when they're there. But even if not, they had a good time and they go back and they tell somebody, they'll make you a customer. And, and it's a good experience. You gave them a good experience. People are thinking too much like, well, if we put this big match on, if Xanders and Bob have that big ladder match, you know, well, how big is the ladder? Because the ladder's going to draw, ain't us, ain't going to be us. Yeah. And, and, and who cares if two jabronis have a ladder match and I'm, and Xanders, I know what you're going to say. I'm both jabronis. I'm both. No. Two of the <laughs> Bob, but let's I... <laughs> not get excited. We're both jabronis. Okay? All right. Good. Both of us. Jabroni and jabroni. Yeah, I didn't work. Yeah, great. <laughs> but, 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 but what I'm, but what I'm saying is it's, we can sit there and we can, and, and I've said this before, and I've said this to the group that I'm working with now. I said, we could talk about, I can have every brilliant and I don't, but I could have every brilliant booking idea in the world. I could have all these great ideas about somebody running in and screwing up their match. And, oh, boy, this guy's <laughs> mad at this other guy. And then people are just going to show up and go, who who are all these people? I don't know any. Where's Roman Reigns? So if we if we if we talk about if we just talk about the, our competitive edge with wrestling, we're screwed. Um, and I think I probably talked about this before with you guys, but our competitive edge isn't wrestling. Our competitive edge, our competitive edge is up close and personal fan interaction meet the wrestlers at intermission they'll sign your, your picture and a good looking guy or a good looking girl in in reasonable shape holding the belt will take a picture with your kid and you ain't gonna remember their name not yet maybe you will down the line but you won't right now and it's a good experience and oh wow and, and what are they gonna say they're not gonna say they took a picture with bob they're gonna say we got a picture with all the wrestlers oh all the wrestlers took pictures with us it was so cool and the kids loved it and that's what you want to hear and that's a that's a rave review and that's what gets people coming back, but they're not going to come back the next show. Probably that's enough for them for a while. So then you work on getting more people there and we get a lot of onesies. We get our regulars, you know, grandma and grandpa from the front row that have been there for 10 years. They still get their seats and there's, you know, we're going to have 50 or 60 regulars, but that's why shows draw 50 or 60 people sometimes because they go, well, that's it. No one else wants to come. That's all the wrestling fans in town. I'm like, why are you, why are you marketing to wrestling fans? They're all watching SmackDown and AEW and Raw, and we, we can't compete on wrestling, but we can compete on a cool community event that is exciting and people really like. 
And then if you want to hang around and see the cool stories that we're doing and all that, that's why I don't really like complicated stories on independent wrestling where the guy with the dirty t-shirt comes out and says, I'm a millionaire and I'm going to buy your company. And it's like, uh, you could have <laughs> took me out of it, you know? It's, yeah. And, yeah, and there's you, a lot you know, of that. and we have, Oh, I mean, and imagine how long I've been around. Like it's, you know, I, I probably did it myself and it drew just as poorly as everybody else. But if we, if we, the storylines are secondary. It's like having a really nice painting, right? You have a really cool painting that you want to show everybody, but nobody knows where the museum is. Nobody knows. And, and there's other cool paintings in there too, but you, they don't know where the museum is and you don't want to tell them about the museum because you just want them to see the painting. And it's like, well, tell us, tell me where the museum is, show me around and I'll find a bunch of cool paintings in there, but I'm not going to go to the museum again for a while. Well, how come you don't want to go to the museum every day like me? Because I'm not a museum guy. I just do it once in a while with the kids. And that's okay. Just like the circus, just like the Globetrotters, just like the Globetrotters we were trying to go this year. And my wife said, oh, we got too much stuff going on. We'll go next year. Yeah, we'll go next year. I'm disappointed because I had a good time last year and they gave me a good experience. But if we can't go, we can't go. And we'll go next year or we'll figure out another time. But I remembered the good experience I had with the Globetrotters. So I looked at their schedule. I went on the site and we might be able to go in a couple months past that. So in other words, the fan you make may not be for today. It might be down the line. But if we sit here and we just and, and you guys aren't doing this, but, you know, so many independent companies that run like this where they go, yeah, man, that's hot dog and handshake and grab ass and ha 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 and all this stuff. Like, OK, that's great. But what if we ran it like a business? You know, what if you walked in all at the outdoor store and said, well, we did bad business yesterday. I guess that's how it's going to be from now on. We suck. We're terrible. We don't have good things. We wouldn't be, be in business weird. very long. Yeah, you wouldn't be in business very long. It would be it would be something that would not make money and you wouldn't have a job. That would be how it goes. I, I find it crazy how many promoters who in their everyday job, whether they're the boss or not, do things with their wrestling business, their wrestling promotion that they wouldn't dream of doing with their real job. Right. Uh, people don't make that correlation a lot of times. And it is a business. I know everybody talks about the business. But it really is a business. You have to run it that way to be even remotely successful. And if, if we just double down on something real quick that you said it a minute ago, that sure. I, I wish people hope they really cling on to the value of it. If you give away some tickets, and even if those people never come back again, if they are just a voice out there in the community that when somebody mm -hmm. says, hey, do you know anything about that wrestling show down there? I went one time. We had a really great time. It was safe. Like my kids had a good time and the, the the wrestlers were nice. Like there wasn't a lot of cussing. There wasn't like, mm -hmm. you know, I would go again. I'm just not a big wrestling fan, but just to be able to give that confirmation to other people like, Oh, this is a decent show. It's not a bunch of scumbags down there. Cause wrestling has a bit of a reputation at times. Uh, you know, somebody turned past raw in 1998 and saw somebody point at their crotch and cuss. And they thought from then on, <laughs> oh, that's what that wrestling is, you know? And so if they can hear that, oh, they're not, they're not a bunch of trash. It's actually a good family show down there. And that's worth its weight in gold right there. The critics are raving, quote, those guys aren't trash, unquote. <laughs> I mean, I love but that's, that's all it, we're it, looking it, for. <laughs> but the funniest thing is, uh, Gene, you actually make a really good point. One of the things I say a lot when I'm talking to promoters is I said, most of the time, that would be a that would be a, an extraordinary review. Most of the time, the people that don't want to, they're going to say two things. They, first of all, they're going to say, I thought it was going to be a bunch of fat old guys with singlets on mats for some reason everybody thinks it's not going to be a ring so then when they see the ring they're all fired up and then the second one is they go you know it actually was it wasn't that bad it was pretty good that's the rave review you're going to get for most people 
But you know what? That's actually kind of a uh, um, like a damning you with faint praise. Like they're uh, not damning you with faint praise. The opposite. But they're like kind of begrudgingly giving you yeah. the 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 kudos that you you know that you justly that you deserved that they didn't think you deserved until you proved to them. So that's that's what it's going to be. You know, minor league baseball doesn't have this because there's been so many. Uh, you know, so many articles and so many things about people doing promotions at minor league baseball, but you barely ever see it at wrestling. Whatever you see at wrestling is either in independent wrestling is either they don't, they're broke or they just, and then that's okay. I mean, you know, we all got to get th- through it. It's pretty much like a semi pro thing, but you hear a lot of stuff about, you know, well, you don't hear a lot of stuff, but you hear stuff about, oh, they're kind of like dirt bags or, you, you know, you don't, or you just hear like there's no money in it. And I'm not saying that there's a, Ten million dollars in it, but there's more money. We can pull more money out of it than than we think. And people get scared when you talk about money. I'm not talking about robbing people. I'm talking about making it way better, making it a way better show, so people want to spend more money. These guys that are charging, uh, you know, two cents for tickets all the time, and they go, "I can't break even." I go, "Well, you're charging eight dollars for seats, and the building costs this, and the and your budgets." 1500 bucks and you have 150 seats each seat costs 10 bucks and you're charging eight you lose two dollars every seat that comes in before you even started you're gonna have to charge 15 or 20 and they go well nobody will pay that i go have you gone to i went to the movies today and i go to the bargain matinee the first show so i don't have to pay full price but one movie theater had it for 675 but the other movie theater's bargain matinee was 11 something and i would have gone and regular price is 15 that's regular price so and then WWE seats, AEW seats. How much was the big time wrestling the the Ricky Steamboat thing today? I'm sure that was a pretty penny to sit in front row, shake the dragon's hand, yeah. send them on his way. You know, at, at at 68 years old or whatever, however old he is, he's he's uh, you know You're saying his goodbye. Four dollars for a beer. You're paying four dollars for a beer now. So you tell me. Right. I, work in a, I work in a bar. If you can pay four dollars for one beer, come on, come on. You can give me $8 for a ticket, $12 for a ticket. It's very easy. I feel like wrestling and the bar business have a lot in common. Well, and you know the trick with the $4 beer. You charge it, you get a $6 beer, and then the guy who's standing with a girl wants to get the bigger beer because it represents the size of something else. And now you sell $6 beers instead of $4 beers, and you're all set. Plus, you shouldn't be charging 4 anyway. You should be charging five twenty-five. so when your bartenders always get a tip. So that th- th- here you go. So I'll give it right back to you, man. So I'm, I'm on your side. I, I I support all business and I support trying to grow all business. But when we're sitting here and we're just saying, well, it's dead. It's, it's all, it's all you talked about it. It's, it's not only negativity. It's kind of stupid because why would you be in something that you hate? You don't hate it. You're just pretending you hate it because other people talk bad about it because they were pretending they hated it. And then after they're all done, they go, Oh, I love the business so much. I wish I could do it again. And I'm like, but all you did is talk about how much, how miserable you were for 25 years. Oh, I, those days are great. I always miss those days. Why don't you just be happy that you're in it now? And people get criticized for that. They were uh, Charlie Cruel. I don't know if you guys know Charlie. She's a nice kid. Um, Indiana girl, Kentucky girl. But she was taking pictures with a couple of the guys. And people were like, oh, you shouldn't be taking pictures. I'm like, she's 25. But, you know, she and, I, you know, I'm not trying to gender, you know, qualify anybody here. But she might be married with kids in 10 years. She might be out of wrestling. Or she might still be in wrestling married with kids, or she might yeah. just do something else in life. But to get that's those pictures. My, that's honestly one of my biggest regrets is not me too. Know, photographing and like, 
you know, I, I can say, hey, I got to meet this guy. I got to meet this guy. And like, we got to have a nice conversation, but we, there's no proof of it. I can't look back and like, I can remember it. And I guess, you know, photos, who cares? But it's still a nice thing to have whenever later on in life, they kind of remember what's going on. So yeah, I, I wrestled, it. I wrestled SD Jones in a battle royal. Now, SD Jones, I don't know what he means to you guys, but up Northeast, SD Jones was like the number one, like, job guy, preliminary guy. He was on every show, and he was the cool, not coolest, nicest guy in the world. Another name came in. I won't name. Started chopping the piss out of everybody. And SD just grabs me. Come on, brother. We'll go over here. I don't want to be any part of that. And he starts, and he puts it, and his hands were the size of catcher's mitts. He puts it over my face. And all of a sudden, I hear him laughing. And I'm like, why are you laughing? He goes, because I punched you three times, and you haven't sold it. I said, I can't see. And you're so light. Like, I didn't, I didn't know what light was back then. You know, just you're just hammering the crap out of each other. You don't. Yeah. You know, two year, a year, I was a year in wrestling and I'm wrestling these guys that I had seen on TV. Like I wrestled Max Moon, like uh, Paul Diamond, like yeah. in, 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 a, in a college in front of like 500 people from from a promoter that robbed a grocery store to put on the show. So that's quite a that's quite a sentence. You didn't think you'd hear all those words in one <laughs> sentence before, you know, but I had I was I was a heel with Paul Diamond as a babyface calling me through this. And of course, it's back then. So they want you to go. It's on it's on YouTube. You get to see a lost brutal Bob Evans with max moon but it's about 15 20 minutes long with horrible commentary and uh, you know it's and 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 the place that it looks like there's no people there there's like 600 people there but the place holds like 3,000 so you know but they didn't know anything about blocking off or any they, they weren't weren't doing any of that back then but it was just this cool it was another cool experience that i wish i had gotten the full appreciation for but you know it's like the you know i, I wrestled duggan i wrestled tony atlas a bunch of times i read you know i I've been in the ring with uh, Chief Jewel Strongbow, half of the Strongbows, Jay's partner when they won the tag belts. And that was a big experience for me. I should have gotten pictures with all these guys. Yeah. I should have gotten pictures with a lot of the local guys that are gone now, too. And 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 so, and, and it was um, Shane Alden, who's a, a, a New York guy, right on the New York-Vermont line. And uh, Shane and Eric Alden, and they used to take pictures with everybody. And I used to make fun of them, call Marks, but not, not to their face. Why would you do something like that? Yeah. But to, to their... And, and Shane knows the story now. That's why I'm not afraid to tell it. But I used to make fun of him. And then, you know, people start dying. People Stuff starts changing. And, I, you know, I started taking pictures. And I was really appreciative of those pictures. So the next time I saw him, I said, I really want to apologize to you for something you don't know about. And he's like, huh? So I said, yeah, we used to make fun of you guys. He goes, yo, I... He goes, that, that's very nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I've never... You know, I won't hold that against you. But I've never... I've never regretted taking pictures with those guys. And they have... 100 pictures with a bunch of cool names they wrestled 100 you know guys that were on the show and and we're just we're playing you know I, i'm not saying that you haunt them and you know say oh man when you wrestled triple h that one time that was awesome and be stupid and be a moron and just be annoying but hey can i take a picture it would really mean a lot to me you were a lot you're you know i cried when i met ricky morton i cried when i met jushin thunder liger you know i i was in probably my daughter's age when I, I was a little younger, actually, probably 12, 13, when I saw the Rock and Roll Express for the first time. I saw him in magazines first. Well, now, like, you guys see Ricky a lot more than I did. I'm a Northeast boy. And then I see, you know, I saw Ricky in a show in Virginia, and I'm in tears. He's like, why are you crying? I'm like, dude, this is, you meant so much to me when I was growing up. And, and now we're buddies. Now he wants me to go and do a seminar at a school. Like, it's, he gets, I saw him at NWA, got up, give me a big hug. Oh, Bob, how the hell are you? You know, and then... You know, Jushin Thunder Liger was the first Japanese wrestler I saw. He's the first guy that I saw him do the 
the shooting star press, the famous match with Naoki Sano where he's half his mask torn off, he's bleeding, and he does the shooting star press and wins the junior heavyweight title. Like, that's a big match to me. It was in a grainy VHS that my buddy showed me um, after a pay-per-view. Hey, you thought the pay-per-view was good. Watch this. And now I meet the guy. I'm not going to take a picture with him. Are you kidding me? Like, come on, man. Like, these people meant something to me. I took pictures with them. It was it was the at Ring of Honor in Philly and just a bunch of people. They took a picture with Okada. When are you going to take a picture with, like, the – you know, uh, Tanashi, like, I'm not going to see these guys. I'm a jobber. I'm a ham and egger. I'm not going to see these guys all the time. And it's a locker room atmosphere. I'm like, I'm taking pictures of all these clowns. Well, let me ask you this, because you've mentioned this earlier, and you talked a little bit about AEW and sure. a lot, and the CM Punk stuff, and even mentioned some of the younger guys in the business. There's always been, and I'm kind of the middle child. I've been, 10 years will be next year for me. I'll be in this business 10 years. And, and uh, a so, young, old veteran. A young, old veteran. Young yes. is a very subjective word. but um, <laughs> That's why I'm these, here. That's right. So there's <laughs> um, there, there seems to be like a disconnect. I, I don't want to say, maybe even say a disconnect between some of the older generation and the younger mm -hmm. guys where, and it's not even necessarily on either, but you're almost forced to put it on the younger guys because whenever I was first starting out, I was buzzing for information. I mean, I was I was constantly in somebody's ear, you know, hey, what do you think of this? Hey, will you watch this? And now I just I, I don't see it. I don't know if it's, you know, me not seeing that or a lack of leadership within locker rooms. I mean, what do you think is going on? Because there's we're not making as much money in the wrestling business as we should. And it's got it's got to have something to do with the performers. It's not just on promoters. It's not just on bookers. It's got to be something on us. Oh, it is. And it, it's, but see, I think I'm going to, I'm going to praise you, but I'm also going to kind of qualify you at the same time. So prepare to be qualified, my friend. But you are, uh, when I was, when I started out in wrestling, I was so arrogant. I didn't want to take advice from anybody. So I'm the other way. And I think you and I are two extremes. I think you were, you were a seeker and I was a denier. And I think most people fall in between. And one of the things I've seen is that a lot of young people or people just kind of new to wrestling. Some, sometimes they're not new. I've seen 57 year old rookies and God bless them, you know? Um, but a lot of it is, I don't know who to talk to. No. And, and sometimes we don't make people feel welcome and that's, then that sucks. And I think sometimes people don't know how to approach people professionally. And I think some people really like the whole thing about like, Oh, you didn't shake my hand. We have heat now. And I, I call it getting <laughs> your hand. I call it getting your handshake points and stuff. People are like, you should make that a shirt handshake points. I was like, yeah, we should like, Oh, I shook your hand and annoyed you during your private conversation with someone. So I get etiquette points like, no, it's, you, I'm, more, I'm more angry with you now than ever. <laughs> but so it's, I, I think it, we've, we've created such a weird um, amalgamation of rules that are all, Bullshit, bullshit, sorry, bullshit. but they're yeah, all go, nonsense. Go yeah, yeah it, it's all nonsense. Yeah. Like the whole thing, that life is nonsense, right? It doesn't make any sense, right? Life, never mind wrestling. Life doesn't make any sense, right? I got a tree with a, a, a bunch of lights on it, celebrating the man, who, uh, a, a man who was born. Uh, we're not exactly sure when, and I, I certainly believe in Christianity, and I'm, I'm all about that, but it's kind of a silly thing if you think about it. So... And then somehow there's a, I'm watching a show about Santa Claus and I'm watching a show Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's weird because, you know, the, the stuff we did with the, the, the Native Americans and the, you know, it's, I'm not getting political here, but I'm just saying life is strange. So yeah. wrestling makes it even weirder where um, 
okay, well, you, you, you walk in and you hop on one foot three times and you walk over here and you put your bag down and you shake everybody's hand, but then, and then you, you say these secret words and, you know, then you get in a ring and you do it in this order or you're a moron and you, we call you a mark. And this guy that you grew up watching, that got you into wrestling. You can't talk to him because, you know, you just, and all, you know, all you want to say is how much you appreciated him and his, in his, you know, in his career and God, don't take a picture with him. That'd be awful. So we have a bunch of these weird rules that don't really seem to make much sense. I think it's, um, I think it's on everybody. I think the, I think the wrestlers, and this is where I'm trying to teach people to be a little bit more. I know we have social anxiety, but also we can't just, we can't look as much as I'm a believer in healing mental health. We also have to take responsibility for a lot of that. We can't just say, well, go heal me. Go say that. It's like anything. If you have any kind of illness or if you have any kind of, and I'm mental health is a real thing. I'm not picking on it at all. And I'm not saying it's fake or and none of that, but we also have to take responsibility for it as best we can. We have to try to do things. And part of being, look, my son has autism. I love taking him to wrestling shows. You know why? Because he has to introduce himself to 50 people, 75 people. Mm-hmm. And he has to have conversations with them. And that's not his strength. But guess what? He's gone to three or four shows and he's already better at it mm-hmm. because it, it's, it, and, and look, Tim Hughes, Tim, Tim was a, a social anxiety guy and still is to a degree, but Tim has a lot more confidence now because I just walk in. I'm scared to death. Not as much now, but in the beginning, who's, oh, I'm going to get found out as this big fake guy who doesn't know what he's doing. It's all the imposter syndrome stuff and we all have it, but we have to go in and we have to make ourselves available and you have to ask the questions. We have to ask the hard questions again. If, how can I, how can my match get better? If this guy doesn't reach out and help me, well, you have to ask for the help too. And they have to re- and then on the other hand, as a veteran, you have to receive the help, be patient as best you can. And if you're not patient and you don't have time to explain it, then you have to hand them off to somebody else. And maybe that's where I come in. Maybe that's where some of the other guys come in, but we can't just sit there. And again, it, I think it's all part of the same. It's all symptoms of the same sickness, right? Xanders and gene it's, we, it's all resignation. This is the way independent wrestling has always been. This is the way wrestling's always been. So this is the way it's always going to be, you know? And it's like, you know, you hear things about certain wrestlers. Oh, they, they're not listening. They're not coachable. They're not, well, maybe they aren't, or maybe they're just not being coached the right way. There's different ways to coach people. Now you can't just make them run 500 miles until they remember how to be coached. That's, that's the old method. And people don't like that. I didn't like being bullied. I was very resentful of some of the trainers that bullied me and I don't respond to that, but being honest with me, pulling me aside and saying, you're, you're capable of more. Your, your performance today disappointed me because I know how much, how good you can be. And I know how much you did. And I don't feel like you put all in your, no pun intended, but I I don't feel like you put in all your, everything you could. And it's because you didn't take the show seriously. You're thinking about tomorrow. You're thinking about the next show. And then maybe it's a conversation. Well, my wife said she was going to, you know, if I didn't shape up, then I'm out. All right. Well, then now it's now we talk about it. All right. So get that cleared up. Maybe you need a month off. Maybe you need two months off. And now, but if we don't have those communications and we don't have those conversations, which aren't always easy, the difficult conversations, right? Yeah. So once we have those difficult conversations, I think we can get past it. And it's not yelling and screaming at each other and blame. We cannot, because you know what? I'm going to tell you this right now. We're all responsible. Yeah. So oh, there yeah. you go. That's, so that's we don't have the to blame each other thing. anymore. 
That's the biggest thing is we all have to accept that we're at fault that we're not drawing more than even minor league stadiums because minor leagues do great and it's all around. I mean, you see the Savannah Bananas. I mean, they're huge now. And that's because they've they use their players. To that's because they the got fans. a good Massachusetts boy running them now. That's why. <laughs> that's well, right. Bob, good grief! It's fifty-two minutes in. Can you believe? Like every time you're on here, it's so fast. It this is it, it blows my mind. Producer Smokey's yelling at me in the ear because we're not going to get any of our sponsorship money this week. <laughs> oh, let's do, not, we got to do the sponsor stuff. Oh, we'll I, the sponsor I, we're stuff. we're going to even if we have to end on commercials. Gary's uh, Gary's favorite time of the show is commercial time, but Smokey Smokey wants to say thank you, Bob. It's always such a pleasure. Can I can I do one? Can I do one quick commercial yeah. just for myself? Yeah. So I was about to follow me you. on. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate. I know you were. I'm <laughs> jumping the gun. Um, so just want to thank you guys too. I really appreciate it. Um, follow me at brutal Bob Evans. I got all my, I think I got all my names back now. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, hangs with Bob seminars on Facebook as well. I'm a big Facebook guy. So you really help me if you, if you follow me there and also the rest of life.com go to pro wrestling starter kit.com. And for your listeners only, I'm going to give them 30 day free trial. I'm doubling my usual free, uh, free trial form. And I know Xander's you were on there. I know, uh, our friend Neil was on there for quite a while and they got a lot of benefit out of it. So, and I'd love to do it. We got more stuff going there. And this week, I'm going to have a special surprise for people on my social media. Another reason for them to sign up to the WrestleLife.com is going to be cool as hell. So, and one-on-one coaching calls too. No BS pricing, $100 an hour worth every penny. So, um, guys, I just want to say thank you so much. Happy holidays. Get to your sponsors so you don't get heat. I don't want heat with a producer. I got heat with enough people in wrestling. I don't want heat with you guys. So. Thank you, Bob. What's thank you, Bob. All right, Always man. I love and appreciate you guys, and I'll see you soon, I hope. Thank Take you, care, man. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow. Unbelievable. I mean, always. we're going to always, always professional as you. Yes. So. Always a lot of knowledge uh, brought. And, uh, man, I mean, the time flies there, dude. I'm like you. I looked up there and I was like, man, we're 40 something <laughs> minutes into this interview. Like, wow. Yeah. Uh, for those wondering, uh, Mako had uh, his battery died on his phone. So that's why we. <laughs> why we lost Mako. But you know, yeah. when you have long interviews, you're going to lose a few. It's just how we it goes. We're going to take our commercial break real quick. And when we come back on the other side of that, uh, we'll have just, we'll, we'll we wrap really it up. Have it. We're going to we'll spend a couple of minutes yeah. to wrap it up and uh, talk about what's coming next Sunday night after these words. Yes, folks, it's back again. The Whitey Jenkins Show. With your host, Whitey Jenkins, as he's now joined by his cousin, Delbert Jenkins. And they've got their own podcast, and they'll be talking about wrestling, as they call it, and God knows what else. Make sure you join them each and every episode. You never know what's going to happen. You never know when they're going to have a special guest. But you know it's going to be trashy. Join them for the Whitey Jenkins Show at whiteyjenkins.com. Hey guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color with Wolfie D, every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis, we're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famers on the show with us. Every Monday at noon, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. You like barbecue? Well, of course you do, unless you're some kind of weirdo or wasn't raised right. So if you want to get some of the best barbecue around, check out P3 Barbecue. Our buddy David Estes does it up right. He'll be glad to cater to your next event or just send you some of his award-winning sauce right there to your own doorstep. 
Go over and check them out on the Facebooks at facebook.com slash P3Barbecue or give old David a call at 901-679-3452 and tell him Whitey Jenkins sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Dangerous Dan Colley, the Professor Jimmy Street, and the Plastic Sheik Jared are the undisputed six-man tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this trio does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Get ready to get inspired. It's Xander's Inspirational Podcast, the brand new podcast with upbeat Xander's as he has one-on-one podcast sessions that both inspire and inform. Check it out as Xander's has a one-on-one interview with some of your favorite people in and out of the professional wrestling business. Give it a listen on GPTVLive.com. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. We're back. Uh, crazy. I so I just want to say real quick, uh, I'm sorry that we kind of had to shy away from the comments, but... Um, <laughs> sometimes we just can't really go to the comments that often because it, it, it takes, takes us off topic. And, you know, especially when we have an opportunity to talk with somebody like Bob, uh, he's got a lot of information to share and we can't really get too sidetracked with comments, but I feel we had to double back and talk about <laughs> Gary saying I'm the Bob Evans of EPW. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. We'll talk more ladies, about that in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen our shirt that we have that we're about to be putting up, uh, it's there it is. Up oh, there, Smokey, good job. It's the Shut Up Gary shirt that everyone <laughs> should be supporting whenever they either go to EPW or just flop in general. If you see a Gary, tell him to shut up. It's just the smart thing to do. And I just wanted to acknowledge, uh, I saw uh, Larry Brock in the comments. He's been in the comments a couple times in recent mm-hmm. shows. I don't know if everybody knows who that is. Larry... Uh, was a fixture of Southeastern wrestling for years and years. Uh, a, a referee played many roles within uh, the legendary Southeastern company, working for Ron Fuller and different people. So, uh, Mr. Brock, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for uh, yeah. for chiming in, and uh, also uh, Stephen Harbick. Great stuff, guys. Thank you. As he was, he put that while. Uh, uh, well, there was a lot of if, if, question. If you're so, uh, if you're listening to this on the replay on Spotify or whatever you listen to, uh, make sure you go follow us real quick. You know that's all of our social medias. Check that out on our you know at Cheap Heat TV Live on most of our social medias, Cheap Heat TV, YouTube. But go back and read some of the comments because I was reading through the comments while it was going on, and there was some pretty. I mean, it it seemed to be an interesting conversations in there too. And Bob has the tendency to do that. He definitely. Uh, he definitely is a thought-provoking individual, and we appreciate him taking the time. I, I'm I'm personally somebody who could sit there and talk to him for hours and just oh yeah, it, I it, mean you could do a, a whole series of of podcasts with Bob and still not scratch the surface of all the the knowledge he has to share. But that's the thing, we don't have the time or opportunity to do that. But hey, 
he asked. Bob, go sign up for the Wrestle Life. Like he said, Xander's uh, was a part of it for a good while, and we know several people who were. Tons of great benefits to uh, mm-hmm. to joining up in that. And like he said, for our listeners, 30-day free trial. So there's no reason not to go try it, man. So go, uh, go check yeah. it out, and it will definitely help you up your game in professional wrestling and uh, just business in general. As you see, he's got a lot of great advice that mm-hmm. I want to capitalize on outside of the wrestling bubble. A uh, few other uh, cheap heat uh, wrestling uh, podcast network notes. Uh, there's going to be a new episode of the Whitey Jenkins show coming out tomorrow. I've been told by uh, Smokey. Uh, he says they're going to be promoting the Delbert Jenkins death match toy drive coming up. Apparently <laughs> OWF for the children, it says. So God only knows I, if you didn't watch last week's episode, apparently, uh, Last week, Delbert Jenkins interviewed uh, Stevie Idol, who's some independent wrestling legend. They they claimed. I don't know. I've never yeah, heard of the guy, but it was an interesting interview. I'll say that much. Uh, also, don't forget, go ahead and make your plans now. Wow. Xander's <laughs> Upbeat Christmas coming up on Christmas Day. You know, we always bring you a podcast on Christmas Day. Check, wow. out, that, check out that thumbnail. Everybody's decked out in their... Santa hats. Look at those those adorable producers. Golly, I just want to hug them. Golly. But uh, well, I was about to say the next one, the next week's episode is going to be that's going to be the one. That's going to be the one that everyone's looking forward to. Johnny Dotson's going to join us next Sunday night. Johnny Dotson of Bluff City Wrestling, a very controversial figure in in the in the world of wrestling and professional in Memphis right now. we're going to have him on. Uh, you can come in the comments and, and post questions for Johnny comments. We will try to get to as many of those as we can. Like I said, sometimes we, we can't, but I feel like next week's episode may be very comment driven. So yeah. please come join in. Uh, and I'll go ahead and say now uh, next week uh, on the 4th of December, we got Johnny Dotson on the following Sunday on the 11th of December, we will join, be joined by Simon Reed of the posse, uh, of, uh, Memphis wrestling. And not everybody may or may not know, and I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but he is part of the creative, uh, of Memphis wrestling. So I'm sure he'll have some comments in response to next week's show. So that'll be an interesting one to check out too. So Make sure you join us each and every week. Check out the other podcasts that are heating up. It's heating up. And for it to be such a cold winter, my God, is it heating up at the Cheap Heat Studios? Um, this is this has been uh, quite a month, shall I say? No, uh, no Jack's Interaction podcast this week. Although next Sunday I will be recording an episode. I will be interviewing the author of the uh, the book on Herb Abrams UWF. Um, I don't know if, if you saw the Dark Side of the Ring episode about Her Rayburn's UWF, the man who died, who, who died uh, after police found him running up and down the hallways of uh, his building. Uh, he, he had a business building, a business office that he did uh, UWF business out of, and he was found buck naked, covered from head to toe in Vaseline and cocaine. That was hmm. how his life ended, and he had a pretty interesting life up to that point. Uh, and the author of the book, uh, Tortured Ambition, the, the UWF Herb Abram story, will be my guest uh, next Sunday, and we'll be putting that out. Uh, it'll be pre-recorded, and we'll be putting that one out. But wow. he interviewed a lot of people for that book, and he he covered the Herb Abram story 
more thoroughly than anything I've found because I've always found him to be interesting. I remember watching the UWF when I was a kid, so I've read and watched everything I could find on it. And he had far more inside information than anything I ever found. So you want to check that one out. That should be an interesting interview as well. And uh, before we go, we want to give a shout out to Shane Mako. We hope you have your battery charged next week. And Scott Morgan, we hope you get to feeling better soon. Peace. Peace.